Today's learning has been dedicated by Mr. Shmuel Greenbaum, Leila Nishmas, his father, his father's second yard side, Moshe Yosef ben Leibish, Neshama Shem Rabbi Zakatinsky's reputation precedes him. You see everyone coming here today. He opens up worlds of Torah and brings it down to areas where it might be hard to access, things that uh, people might want to understand. So uh, it's a great pleasure and a great opportunity. Without any further ado, it's a big one. All right. So, good morning, everybody. First of all, it's uh you know, it's really honor for me to be here. You know, you can you can tell right away when you go into a place, you know, you know, you don't want to judge Yidden. But Lamaisa, when you go into a place, sometimes you can feel the uh the of the oilam. So you come into a place like this, right away it hits you that the people that are sitting in this room are chashviyidin, So it's an honor for me to be able to speak with you, to learn with you for a little bit. And Be'ez Hashem, it should be a schus for the sponsors, for their mishpacha, for the whole kehila, and for all of Kla Yisrael. All right, so you know, we're holding still a little bit within the, uh, the aura of Shavuos. So we'll talk about Tyra. We'll talk about Tyra. It's always a good uh, topic, an appropriate topic. So we'll talk about Tyra. You know, Chazal say, it's very, very well known, the Chazal say that Ein Tyra Keteris Eretz Yisrael. That if there's one place on earth that's more, uh, that's more inclined and more conducive to understanding Tyra and to understanding the Rabbanu Shalom, it's Eretz Yisrael. Avir Eretz Yisrael Machim, the airspace of Eretz Yisrael, brings wisdom, opens a mind up, opens a Nesham up to understand Tyra. But Chazal says something interesting, though. It's also a well-known Chazal. That Chazal says as follows. If you took someone from Eretz Yisrael, an Eretz Yisrael dicker, and you compared him, in ter- a Talmud Chacham from Eretz Yisrael, and you compared him to someone from Chutz Laaretz, a Talmud Chacham from Chutz Laaretz, certainly the Talmud Chacham from Eretz Yisrael will be greater. Again, Avir Eretz Yisrael Machim, Kimetzi and Teitzei Torah. Eretz Yisrael is a place of Torah. But Chazal say, however, that if you took someone from Chutz Laaretz, and that person from Chutz Laaretz went to Eretz Yisrael, then that person from Chutzlaretz that goes to Eretz Yisrael becomes twice as great as the Eretz Yisrael dicker. So this is this interesting phenomenon that although Tyra, the place of Tyra is Eretz Yisrael, and certainly when you compare just directly straight, Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlaretz, Eretz Yisrael is greater, but evidently from Chazal we see that the Shlemus, the completion of Tyra, the full picture of what Tyra can be and what a person can become is specifically from a Yichud from a connection, from a unification between Eretz Yisrael and Chutz Laaretz. And the truth is, it's not just a phenomenon Chazal are pointing to in that scenario of someone from Chutz Laaretz going to Eretz Yisrael. You find this already by Kabbalah Satar, by the giving of the Torah. It's well known that Chazal say, that we know that uh, the place that the Torah was given was Har Sinai, which was Chutz Laaretz. But Chazal say, Medrash quotes in a few places, Tanchuma and others, that by the Maimon Har Sinai, by the giving of the Torah, Har Maria, the mountain of the Harabai, so very Yisrael, somehow, spiritually, whatever this happened, it, would, it was uh, metaphysically or physically, it was brought to Har Sinai. And the Torah was given on both Har Sinai and Har Maria. Why is that? Hashem doesn't do miracles for no reason. Har Sinai was big enough. It's not, you know, we need two mountains. This is telling us, this idea is that somehow Torah, in, a, in, a, in its complete form, in, in its most shlemistic form, is not Eretz Yisrael, and it's not Chutzlar, it's Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlar together. 
<clears throat> and this is also what we see even in the parsha. For example, uh, in this week's parsha, we have the Klal Yisrael beginning to journey towards Eretz Yisrael. So you would imagine that the journey towards Eretz Yisrael means leaving Chutz Laretz behind and going to Eretz Yisrael. But ironically, the Pasuk describes this, and Rashi brings down from Chazal, that we know that in last week's parsha, parsha is by Midbar. So we were given the Degolim, right, the arrangements of how we were supposed to camp in the Midbar. And then in this week's parsha, as we traveled to Eretz Yisrael, the Pasuk says that we traveled, and Chazal make a point of this, is that we traveled in the encampments, like in the, in the, in the, in the arrangements of the Machanois, of the Degolim, of the flags and the arrangements of the camps. That's how we traveled. So it wasn't like, you know, we're settling in, in, in the Midbar, which is a place of Chutzarts, and we have our camps, we have our tents, we have everything set up. And then we're moving to, we travel to Eretz Yisrael, so, you know, then we just go in a straight line and we go. No, our traveling to Eretz Yisrael is in such a way where we're taking almost with us the campment of Chutzlarts. Because that's the Shlemus of Yiddishkeit, evidently, is not in Chutzlarts, again, and it's not in Eretz Yisrael. It's in Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlarts. And so this is what we have to figure out. That's why it's also, if you think about it, it's ironic that through all of Chumash, which is called is contained in Chumash, it's not called Eretz Yisrael. It's called Eretz Canaan. Now, I understand historically, but it, you know, the, the, the time period the Chumash is, this, is speaking about is before we get to Eretz Yisrael. So technically, the people living there is Eretz, are the Canaan. I get it. But you're talking about Torah of Nitzchi, it's Torah of Eternity, this is Elikos, it's, 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 it's divine wisdom itself. And the place that it's calling it Eretz Canaan constantly is because that's how we have to think of Eretz Yisrael. It's not, Eretz Yisrael had to be turned, had to be, had to be turned from Chutzlars into Eretz Yisrael, which means it still retains its identity somewhat of Eretz Canaan. And so this is what we have to figure out for the next few minutes. What is it about Tyra that is Eretz Yisrael dick? What is it about Tyra that's Chutzlars dick? And what is it about the completion of Torah and the full picture of Torah that's both Eretz Yisrael and Chutzler? Aleph. Beis. <coughs> you know, Chazal said there's halacha that we know that the, some, a, very, a number of halachas in terms of how to learn Torah and how to teach Torah are modeled after how the Torah was given to us on, on our Sinai. So, for example, the, you know, there's Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi says that by Kriya Torah, when we lane, so the halach is that uh, the Balkari and someone have to stand up. They can't be leaning, sitting down. Even according to many Acharnim, even the, the Tzibur should stand. Okay, there's different opinions about that. But certainly the Balkari and the one that's getting the Ali is supposed to be standing. Why? So Yishami says, because since it, just like the Torah was given in Harsinai, Be'ema, Be'ira, Bresas, Be'zeya, with a sense of awe and dread and, uh, and covet. So that's how Kriyasitar has to be as well. Torah has to be learned and specifically taught and passed over, passed through the generations, in the way of Sinai. Another example, the Gemara says, Ma'ani b'chinam, avatam b'chinam. Uh, the halach is that one is not allowed to teach Torah for payment. It has to be taught for free. Just like, and why is that? Because just like Hashem taught us Torah and Harsinah for free, He wasn't asking for any payments, so that's how it has to go on as, for, uh, as well. Again, this, again it's not, we're not talking about that, there's ways around that. But, uh, but technically, again, what you see from this is that the Torah has to be given and learned in a Sinaitic way. Okay. So let me share with you something that we find by Har Sinai. And it seems to be pretty fundamental in how the Torah was given on Sinai. And then we'll have to figure out, so how, do, how does our learning model that? Again, all of learning has to be modeled after Har Sinai. So when it comes to the Torah being given in Har Sinai, we seem to have sort of two conflicting themes, I guess you can say. 
on the one hand, when it came to the experience of Harsina, the way the Torah was given, there's clearly a focus and, 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 a, and a sort of a plan arranged for everything to be very mesudr, for things to be organized, every single thing in its own spot, every Jew in his own spot. So, for example, I mentioned before uh, the, the Degolim, the camps, right? The, the flags and so on that the Jewish people are arranged in the Midbar. Where did that idea come from? So Chazal said that by Har Sinai, when the heavens opened up, right? So we saw the Malachim in Shemayim also arranged in a very organized fashion. This Malach is this spot, this Malach in that spot. And the Jewish people by Har Sinai were Nisavah. Chazal said they had a taiva, they had a they, 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 they desired greatly to also experience such an organized living. And Hashem said to the Jewish people, okay, fine, you want it, you're going to get it, that's the Machnes, that's the Degol. Of all times, of all times, it's like, okay, you see the Malachim, like that's what you're focused on, to see how organized it is. Evidently, you see that by Harsinai, there's something about the giving of the Torah that requires organization, that requires specificity, that every single person in his own Daladamas. So, for example, even leading up to the giving of the Torah, we, we know that the, the big avoid of the Jewish people before Harsinai was setting up blockades around Harsinai, Shleshis and And Chazal, the Pasik indicates this, and Chazal make a point of this, is that even, so Kal Yisrael held back from Harsinai, we can't approach the mountain, we can't touch it. But even those Sadiqim that are, that are allowed up, Maisha, Aaron, the Zakanim, each one by mechitzah, so that's the language of Chazal. Every tzaddik in his own mechitzah. Moshe could go to his space, Aaron has his section, the Zakanim have their section. Everything, that means a whole, the whole, the whole tzura, the whole, uh, the whole picture that, we're, that is being painted to allow us to receive the Torah is that, which is, is that of organization of every yid in his, own, in his own space. That's why even the Pasuk says, for example, Moshe Rabbeinu, repeats this in, in more length in Sefer Tvarim, that Kal Yisrael hearing Harsinai was overwhelming. Madam Taira. So we come to Moshe Rabbeinu and we say, Moshe Rabbeinu, you have to, Hashem should talk to you and you translate it to us. We can't, we can't, we can't handle this. And so Rashi brings down from Chazal, in Parshish Tvarim, Rashi brings down that when the Jewish people came to Moshe Rabbeinu with that request, they came organized. You know, there's a Canaan in the front, the youngsters in the back, they came Masudr. Every Jew in his proper place. And Hashem says to Maishar Benu, their request is good, it's true, and the way they're requesting is also good. So you see, this, again, this Indian of Mantar requiring Seder. Or another example, you know, there's a well-known Gemara Psachim, Samaches. Uh, you've heard this already, it's already Shavu, you know, it's a, one of those Gemaras that are famous for Shavuos, that Rav Yosef in the Gemara, Rav Yosef would make a big Sudan Shavuos, right? Uh, why? Ilav If it wasn't for the day of Shavuos, then you couldn't pick me out of a crowd. Notice, there's nothing that would make me specific. I wouldn't have my own space if it wasn't for Madan Torah. I would just be another. A lot of Yosefs. So Yosef is Rabbi Yosef is not is describing the greatness of Torah. It's interesting. He's describing the greatness of Torah, the Yontif of Shavuos, not in the fact that he knows a lot of Torah now and. He, he describes it in the fact that he has his space, that he's noticeable, he's discernible, he has a makam. So you see this Indian, you see this Indian that Harsina, that Kabbalah Torah requires and demands and is fitting for things that are Masudr, everything having its own space. It's interesting also, there's a minig, there's a minig by Shvuas, you know, by some people, that they bring flowers and plants into, into Bismedjish. Why is that? There's all different reasons. 
you know, the first, where's the first time in all of Tanakh, and we know there's a principle from the Svarim, the first place that you see something is the root of that Indian. What's the first place in all of Tanakh that we find the Rabbanish Shloilam loving organization and everything having its own space? That's when Hashem created the plants. Because Hashem said to the trees that, he, that, it should, that it should come out, let me nahem. Each plant, each type of tree in its own space, in its own place. And the Gemara says that the grasses made a kavachimer. If trees, which anyway naturally grow, each type of tree in its own space, Hashem is still makbid to say that it should come out in its own place, organized, then grasses, which very often grow all mixed up, certainly should be like that. And so the first place in all of, in all of Torah that we find the myla of this Indian, of everything having its own space, is by plants. So the Yantav of Shavu is the Torah, which, is, which requires this Indian of Degolim, and and so on, this organization, so we bring plants and trees into the base marriage. So this is one theme of Kabbalah Satira, organized, Masudr. You could see something and point to it and say, oh, Zel, thus is thus. I know that thing, I recognize it. It's not just, you know, it's not just a part of some big picture. I could, I could identify its parts. Mitzat Sheni, there's another Indian of Shavuos and the way the Torah was given. Not the Shavuos, but the way the Torah was given, which seems to be much the opposite. So we know that, okay, so now you have this, this set up, that everything is organized in Masodar, and the Rebunshin says, okay, fine, so now we'll give you the Torah. And how does the Rebunshin give us the Torah? Bidibur Echad. Ten commandments, ten mitzvahs, kol kula, basically, said in one shot. Mash'ein hape yachaladaber, ve'ein oizni yachalashmoya, something that the human mouth cannot say, and the human ear cannot hear. Akadekach, the Jewish people come to Meshach Rabbin, it's like, we don't know what we just heard. So I don't understand. The, whole, the Rabbani Shalom wants Seder, wants organization, everyone's coming with Sudr, each person in his own Dalet Amis. And yet the Torah that's given is a Torah of Erbuvia, of a complete mixture. That one Mimer, one Dibur, is completely taking up the space as the other Dibur. They're all Mamish Basachas. Chazal say, even Kala Yisrael standing by our Sinai, so organized and so masudr, every Yosef in his own Dalet Amis, Ke'ish Echad B'Leiv Echad, Chazal Mamish like one person. Well, one, one person is not so organized, right? One person is, is all together, a mixture. What, what's going on in your arm, you feel in your toe. And what's going on in your toe, you feel, uh, you feel in your head. It's all, it's all, everything is interconnected with one body. So what does the Rebbe want? The Rebbe wants order, the Rebbe doesn't want order. You know, the Pasuk says, that we heard the sounds, right? Because I'll say that that which is usually only heard, we're able to see. Think about it. When you hear something, hearing can only happen piece by piece by piece, right? If I, I'm saying sentences, so you only hear syllable after syllable, and every syllable has to have its own space. That's how hearing works. Seeing is not like that. You don't see things piece by piece, the way the Rebbe made eyes, when it works properly, Bez Hashem, is that you see the big picture altogether. Royim es means to be, that the Jewish people's experience by Kabbalah Satira was what, was, what, what is a usually, what is usually experienced as piece by piece, sound, was seen altogether in one big, arbuvi, one big mixture. So this is the palette. Does the Rebbe want Torah to be organized? Does the Rebbe want Yidin to be each of them on their own Dalet Amis? Or does Torah demand Erbovia, a complete mixture? So that's a contradiction itself. And we also have to figure out if, for whatever reason, and however we figure out why it's like this, but if that's how the Torah was given, with this combo of organization, of piece by piece, and at the same time Erbovia, 
how does our Limur HaTorah model that? Because this is a pretty fundamental point. I mean, you know, the, the, the fact that Hashem wasn't paid by our Sinai, and that's also something that our learning has to model after, that seems, that seems to be a very small theme, you know, compared to this bigger theme of, like, was it all mixed up and at the same time organized? Like, the bigger picture of Kabbalah Satira, what hits you is not the fact that Hashem wasn't paid. The bigger picture of Gosdar is that you have a system over cholesterol are completely, very super organized, yet what is being given to them is a complete disorder. And so, you know, if, if Talmud Torah is affected by even, you know, even the uh, tangential points, so to speak, that Hashem isn't paid, and, and, and there was a, a pachat going on, then certainly this nakuda of both order and chaos should also be affecting our Talmud Torah. So where do we see that in our learning? Okay. Put those questions to the side. God willing, I'll remember to answer them. Okay? In case I forget. It happens sometimes. I forget. So remind me if I forget. Okay. So we know that uh, when it comes to learning, the, the, most of our learning is spent... There's all different sections of Torah. Obviously you have Tanakh, you have Torah Shpalpeh. Within Torah Shpalpeh you have you know, countless different... Mitzayas, different... Uh, specialties and so on. But certainly, Kla Yisrael, throughout our history, the one limud that takes up the most space, either time or, you know, we feel guilty if we're not, is Gemara. It's Talmud. So let's talk about that for a few minutes, the Indian of Talmud. What Gemara is? So it's like this. We'll, we'll begin like this. Everyone knows that we have two Talmudim. There are two Gemaras that we have. Talmud Bavli and Talmud Yushalmi. Now we know that when it comes to Talmud Bavli and Talmud Yerushalmi, when it comes to Halacha, to Paskin Shailas, very often there's Machlaikism between Bavli and Yerushalmi. And how do we Paskin? So this is Kul Yalamayda, this is a consensus amongst all the Rishonim, although there are, as we'll see soon, variables in, in, in how severe they take this rule. But everyone agrees that, that we Paskin like Bavli over Yerushalmi. That's for sure. That's for sure. The question is why? Why is Bavli considered to be more authoritative halachically than Yerushalmi? Why? So it's like this. In the Rishonim, we find two different, two different schools of thought, two different approaches of why this is. Why is Bavli considered to be more definitive than, than Yerushalmi? And we'll see that it might sound in the beginning as just sort of a small little point, but it, uh, it takes us to interesting places, I think. So it's like this. The Rif, in the end of Mesechus Erevin, the Rif is talking about a particular sugi in Erevin, where again, there's a conflict between Bavli and Yerushalmi. And the riff over there says, whatever the, the, the topic is not, it's not important for us right now what the Sogin Erevin is. But he, again, he brings down this issue, a conflict in Bavli Yushalmi. And the riff says, but we pass like the Bavli. Why do we pass like the Bavli? So says the riff like this. This is the language of the riff. Hilchasaka Bavli Kinegadar Yushalmi. The Allah is like the Bavli over the Yushalmi. Shahu Basra. Because the Bavli is the later authority. In other words, we have this principle that whenever you have. It, it's interesting when this, a print, when this principle applies. That's also a shmuz by itself. But there is a principle in halacha that whenever you have machlokes, and there's different ways of how to figure out, like who do we go with? So one of the principles that we have is basra, a later authority that has seen all the ideas that come before him. We pass like like that later authority. So for example, specifically from Abai and Ravis, let's say in the Tkuf of the Gemara. So you have machlokes between earlier Marayim. And later Amirayim, so if the later Amira is very late, like Abayin Ravin on, the Allah is like the later authority. The Allah is like the Basra. So it says the Rif. So the Yushalmi was organized by Rabbi Yechanan in Eretz Yisrael at least 100, probably close to 200 years before the Bavli. 
And so the Bavli's later. So let the Bavli's later, Basra, we pass him like the Basra. That's the riff. Okay, fine. Now there's an Orzarua. The Orzarua, the riff is uh, from North Africa, the Sephardish Rishon. The Orzarua was from the, from Ashkenaz, one of the Ashkenazi Rishon. And the Orzarua, in Chelakal of Tavshin Nun Dalit, also talks about, he's not talking about the same case as the riff with Erevin, but also a different issue when there's a conflict between Bavli and Shalmi. And he also says the same thing, which is, we pass him like the Bavli. But why? So the Arzuru says different than the Rif. Again, the Rif said, Basra. In other words, what does Basra mean? Basra means that these are both opinions that we have to take seriously in Halacha. Just like when you have a Machlechus in the Gemara between an, Amar, an early and Amar, a later Amar. They're both Amarayim, and they're both serious, and they both are definitive in terms of Halacha. It's just that when you compare one to the other, there's a rule. You know, you can't pass like both. So you have to make a choice. You have to have, you have, to have a way to function. So one of the rules is Basra, that you go with the later one. So that's how Yushami. Yushami is also a work of halacha. It's also a Talmud. It's just that, Lamaisa, you have to make a choice. Okay, so the way we deal with it is you go with the Basra. That's the riff. The Arzurua says a different approach, and it's fundamentally different. So these are the words of the, of the Arzurua. says the Arzurua, Ein lismaich al-shom b'raisa, al-shom Yerushalmi, we do not rely halakhically on anything that you'll find in some braces somewhere or Yushalmi if it's opposed to something from the Bavli. We go with the Bavli. Okay, so far so good. Why? So he says, Because only when you compare Bavli Yushalmi, only the Bavli is considered to be a safer, a work that has halakhic weight to it. Now, if you, the, the Yushalmi by itself, of course, it's, it's, it's Talmud Yushalmi. But in comparison to the Bavli, the Yushalmi it simply is not even considered a halachic work. It's completely not hayra. Hayra means halach lamais is something that's, author, that, that's, uh, that's authoritative, something that's, that, that carries halachic weight. The Yushalmi might in a vacuum. But in compared to the Bavli, it's completely ignored. The, the Bavli is the safer of halacha. It has the weight of authority to it in terms of halacha is concerned. And compared to the Bavli, nothing else is authoritative. So what That's is what the Orzura says. Say it again. What is it compared to the Bavli? Just a Gadadah? <clears throat> so it's learning. It's Talmud Torah. But halacha, in terms of the power of Hayra, only the Bavli has that in comparison to the Yushalmi. The words are like this. Kedarminan. So he says, he quotes the Gemara. The Gemara says, Ravina Ravashi Saifai Ra. Ravashi, the one that organized the Talmud Bavli, they are the masters of Ayra, and compared to the Bavli, the Yushami simply it, 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 you ignore it completely in, in face of Bavli. It's not considered to be a safer of Ayra like Bavli is. Ubakama Kaime says there are many places, Chaylik Yushami al Bavli. You will find Machlagisin between Bavli Yushami. You only rely on Talmud Bavli. So this is. This is a, it sounds subtle, but it's a very, very different reason than the, than the, the riff. Again, it's the riff... It's very strange. It, yeah. if, if you go through the Yerushalmi, it's like dry halacha. In fact, it's called halachos. Right. It's, it's straight halacha. Right. The Bavli is more exploring the Right, halacha. right. So that's where we're going to see where this takes us to define what Gemara is and what learning is. We're going to see that it's a very good observation. Very good observation. So in other words, it, when you compare, again, what, what are the riff, what's the riff and the Rezor is saying to us? Again, the riff is saying that when you have the Bavli Yerushalmi both in front of you, they're both, they're both Talmud. They're both very chashev. You have to pay attention to both. It's just, uh, you know, you have to pass in like one. You can't, you can't, you know, you have to figure what to do. Okay, so there's rules of halach, which is you go with the Basra. So you go with the Bavli. But the Arzuru is saying something else fundamental. The Arzuru is saying that it's, it's learning. Yushalmi is Yushalmi, 100%. But 
But in terms of Hayra, in terms of Psaq Halacha, Talmud is Bavli. Talmud is Bavli, finished. And, and anything that's standing up opposed to Bavli is just completely ignored. Now, by the way, this isn't just a reason behind this particular Nakuda. This changes how we approach it as well. I'll give you an example, you know. Um, very often, I'm not going to give examples of this because it'll, it'll, it'll get too bogged down, but just very often what happens is, let's say, you have, let's say you have a, 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 in a Bavli, you could have one sugi, I'm sure you're familiar with this, this happens all the time, you have one sugi quoted in two different places. You have a sugi that repeats itself in two different mesechtas. And very often it happens that the way the Gemara presents it in each mesechta, it, it's different. And if you were just focused on the Bavli, you would have two different sugyas, sort of one telling you to go this way, one telling you to go that way. And very often, if you're just isolating the Bavli, the way to deal with it, most Rishonim would say, is, well, which sugya is the Iker? So let's say you have a, you know, a discussion about, uh, about a lost object, so, and that's mentioned in Bav right? And it's also talked about in Meseches Erevin. And in Bav the Gemara sort of tilts this way, and in Erevin it tilts that way. So which way do you go? Okay, so usually you would say the appropriate, you know, the Iker place of that sugya is in Bav that's where you go with. What happens if there's a Yushalmi that sides with the sugya in Erevin? What do you do then? So this is something that you find consistently between Ashkenazi and Svardish Rishonim. Svardish Rishonim, headed by the Rambam, more often than not, will then go with the Sugi and Erevin because there's Yerushalmi backing it up. Whereas Ashkenazi Rishonim will say, I don't care what Yerushalmi is. In the Bavli itself, I the Bavli. In the Bavli, you go with the Sugi and Bav This is coming from these two approaches between the Rif, the Svardi, and, I mean, North African, but from that base Madrash, the beginning of that base Madrash, and the Razeruah. If you, according to the Rif, the Yushalmi is not ignored. The Yushalmi is as Chashev, as, it, it, it also takes up space like the Bavli. It's just when there's a conflict between Bavli and Yushalmi, the Bavli is the Basra. But if even in the Bavli you have conflict, okay, then certainly you could definitely use the Yushalmi to add credence to one side that the Bavli even presents. But in the world of the Arzarua, the Yushalmi is not, it doesn't, it, you ignore it when it comes to Psaka Lacha Kenegad the Bavli. The Bavli is, is everything. Yushalmi is, Yushalmi is learning, but it's not, it doesn't have the same, it doesn't, it, you do not recognize it at all when it comes to Psaka Lacha, it's all Bavli. And because of that, so then you just isolate the Bavli. And if in the Bavli, context of Bavli, you should go with the Sogi Bav then that's what you go with. Either is Yushalmi like Ervin, that's in learning, it's very nice, but that's nothing to do with Halacha. And th- so this is a, a fundamental difference. Again, uh, you know, I'm, again, without getting into details, this is something you find very, very often in the Rambam and so on, that he will use Yerushalmi's to decide which Gemara Bavli's to go with. That happens all the time. And it's coming from this Yisait of the Rif, that Yerushalmi is not ignored. It's just Bavli Yerushalmi, Bavli is Basra. <coughs> okay, but, but where is this coming from? So it's Machlaikis. Okay, so, but, but, but what's the fundamentals? What is this? Why does the Rif go like this? And why does Ezra go like that? Where, where is this coming from? Okay, so to really figure this out, we have to a- ask ourselves and, and answer for ourselves, hopefully, a much more fundamental question, which is, what is the definition of Gemara? It's a funny question. Like, we mean? It's on the shelf, whatever. That's what it is. What is it? What, what do I mean? When you break down Gemara, there's basically, in the, the Rishinim, they, they, they explain Gemara as basically two parts. There's two parts to any Gemara. There's one part of a Gemara <coughs> which is fundamentally to explain the Mishnahis. Notice you have a Mishnah. Like, like the first Mishnah in Brachas. So the Mishnah in Brachas 
is talking about when the Zman of Kriyishma is. Kriyishma at night, so when is the Zman? So the Mishnah already makes certain assumptions. Mishnah makes an assumption that there's a mitzvah saying Kriyishma. It makes an assumption that there's a mitzvah saying Kriyishma at night. And it talks about, and it makes an assumption that there's a Zman for it, specifically. Right? It's not just the whole night, it's a specific Zman. And the Mishnah talks about, and even when it answers it, so it talks about when Kahanim go in to eat Shrumo, they become tar. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of missing pieces in the Mishnah to understand the background of where it's coming from and to understand, and more than that also, to see, to sort of unpackage it further, where this, where this concept will, will take me if I just sort of uh, you know, follow the, the bouncing ball. There's one side of Gemara, which is to fill in those blanks. So the Gemara, for the first question of the Gemara, is like, where, where is this idea of Krishna coming from? So the Gemara quotes the Pasuk, okay, B'Shachal Kumecha. So it gives the proper background. And then, and so you find this consistently, that, that, Mishnah, that there's a certain side of Gemara which is to explain Mishnahis, give the background for it, explain the roots of where the Mishnah is coming from in Tanakh, or, you know, further, you know, in Chazal, different sheet is where the Mishnah is coming from, and then to unpackage it further. Okay, now the Mishnah says this halacha, where can this, where can I take, what can I derive from this, from this halacha? That, that's one side of Gemara, which is, very hyper-focused on that Mishnah, just to explain the background, the backdrop, and to explain where this halacha of this Mishnah is going to take me if I unpackage it. But there's another side of Gemara. What's the other side of the Gemara? How could this Mishnah say like this? There's another b'risa somewhere that I have a tradition that says the opposite. Oh, so I have a steer now, I have a contradiction now. Okay, so I have a contradiction. So I have to come up with an, uh, you know, an idea a chilek or something, to explain how the contradiction works out. How could Rav say like this? There's another statement of Rav elsewhere that says contradictory. Or there's, a, there's an earlier Tanaic statement that says not like that. How could, uh, you know, does Rav disagree with that? Or different co- steers. In other words, there's one side of Gemara which is super focused on this mission itself, just giving background and expanding this mission. And there's another side of Gemara which is sort of its own voice, not focused on any particular Mishnah, but just trying to put puzzle pieces together. That's, those are the two sides of Gemara. The question is, what really is the Gemara? What's Iker? And which one is secondary? So this is a Machlagis Rishayim. The Gemara says in Kedushin, it's fascinating, the Gemara says in Kedushin, the Gemara says that a person should divide up their day or their life in three different parts. How we do this is not for now. But the Gemara says that a person should spend their time shlish b'mikra, third of their time learning Tanakh, shlish b'mishnah, and shlish b'talmud. So the Gemara references Talmud. It's Gemara. So what does Talmud mean? So listen to the Rambam. And understand, the Rambam is again coming from that world of the Rif. The, the Rambam says like this. It's in Hilchas Talmud Torah, Perak Aleph. The Rambam says like this. Chayv l'shalish ezman l'midose. Paraphrasing the Gemara Kedushin, a person has to divide up their time in three parts. Shlesh b'tar shbuchsav, third is Tanakh. Shlesh b'tar shbalpeh, that means Mishnayis, the language of the Rambam. And Shlesh, and the final third is Talmud. What does Talmud mean? So says the Rambam, this is Talmud. Yovin v'yaskil achris dover merishisai, to understand the origin of the halacha that you mentioned in Mishnayis. Yovin dover achris merishisai, to see how this thing, where it came from. The Yaisi Dover Mitaich Dover and to and to expand upon it and to see to unpackage it, see where it takes you. If you like unpackage the idea and, and, and apply it to further situations. 
In other words, what the Rambam is telling us is that that's the definition of Talmud. What is Talmud? Talmud is basically commentary to Mishnayis. That's fundamentally what it is. In other words, what, what is, uh, you know, if you would have a, a Sefer of Mishnais, what does the Bar Tanur do? Or what is the, you know, the other Mepharsh on the Mishnah? They, 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 they give you everything you need to understand the Mishnah. Says the Rambam, that's what Talmud is primarily. Talmud, the Rambam is saying to us, is not, should not be fundamentally seen as, a, as an independent work. What Talmud is fundamentally is commentary to Mishnais. The Mishnah says when to say Kriyashma at night. So the Gemara is giving the commentary, like, where are you coming from? What does that mean, Krishma? How much is Krishma? Where, where is this idea coming from? How to take it? What if you miss this? It's a commentary to Mishnais. This is the view of the Rambam. The Rashi in Kedushin says not like that. Again, on that Gemara that says that a third of your time you should spend learning Talmud, says Rashi. Rashi says Gemara. What, what does Gemara mean? Svorais v'tamei stimaiseim shel Mishnais u'latartsam meshesaisrizuazu. Says Rashi, Talmud means when you have contradictions between Mishnayis or statements of Amaroyim to understand the contradiction and to try to give it terrors, to try to figure out the back, you know, the, 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 how to fit one Mishnah with another. That's not a commentary to Mishnayis. That's a separate work. That's a separate work that, that's called Talmud. You have Mishnah, which tells you the, the decisive, definitive halachas. And it's Kedai to have a commentary to Mishnahis for sure. But the Iker function of Talmud, says Rashi, what is Talmud really about? What Talmud fundamentally is, is not a commentary to Mishnahis. You need, obviously you need to have a commentary to Mishnahis to, to understand it properly. But the main objective of Talmud is, a, is its own work of Pilpulim, of conversations back and forth, comparing and contrasting one mission to another, coming up with contradictions, coming up with the solutions. That, Rashi gives an example. What does Gemara mean? Things, things that you have to be machadish based on the back and forth, based on the contradictions and so on. That's what Talmud means. So if you could sum it up in a sentence, <coughs> to make all of body that's, that's what Talmud would mean, according to Rashi. Now let's understand. Where does this take us back in that machlaikas between the Rif and the Arzirua? Let's understand fundamentally. If you are viewing Talmud as commentary to Mishnayis. And by the way, I'll, 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 I'll give you, before, before I make that point, let me share with you how, how this is clear in the Rambam, that the definition of Talmud, and this is a fundamental thing, I think, that the definition of Talmud is, is uh, uh, a commentary to Mishnayis fundamentally. So I'll give you I'll give an example. The Rambam, in his uh, introduction to Mishnah Torah, Shkadai to learn, Rambam's introduction to Mishnah Torah talks about the history of Tarsh Balpeh, the evolution, Rebbe, Talmud, and sort of expanding the first mission in Perkyavis. And he brings, and he t- talks about the Messiah from Aisha Rabbeinu all the way till, uh, till Ravina Ravashi, till the end of Talmud. So the Rambam says like this. Um, Rambam says like this. He's talking about, in, in the history that he's going through, he's talking about Rabbeinu HaKadosh, Rabbi Yudanasi. And Rabbi Yudanasi, what we know is that Rabbi Yudanasi gathers together the Chachamim, Minyona de Rebbe, and he formulates Mishnais. That's what he does. Now the Rambam over there says as follows. The Rambam uh, mentions Rebbe, Rebbe Nochadosh, is obviously a major person in the Messiah. And he mentions that there were a number of other famous Chachamim involved in Rebbe's base Medrash formulating Mishnais. And he gives a, a few names, some famous names. And he says, uh, for example, he says, among them were Shimon the Gamliel Bonav, 
Okay, different Tanoim, Rav Office, Rav Chanina, Rav Chi, and so different, different uh, personalities that we're familiar with from, from Chazal that were in the, 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 the system of Rabbi, the base manager of Rabbi. And he says as follows. Now, in that context, says the Rambam, and you should know, a number of the people in Rabbeinu HaKadosh's base medrash also wrote Svarim to give context and commentary to those Mishnayis that was the primary focus of that, of that Besdin. So he says, for example, say it again? Yeah, yeah, we have them. So yeah, so he says, for example, Rav Chiber Sifra Vesifri Levar Kari Mishnah. So for example, Rav, who was part of that, he was a younger one, but he was part of that Bezdin, that base manager of Rebbe, Minyana de Rebbe. So he authored Sifra and Sifri, which our Midrashim says the Rambam, Mishnah, to give a little bit of context of where the Mishnahis are coming from in terms of Tanakh. Okay. Rav he gives an example, another member, Chiber Tesefta. Also, Levar Inyani HaMishnah. And then he says, V'chein Rabbi Yochanan, Chiber Gemara Yerushalmis, Achar Churban Abayis, Bekar V'shal Shmeyashana. And you should know, amongst them, the Chacham over there is also Rabbi Yochanan, who authored Talmud Yerushalmi. You can also tell me about how long his Shmoneser was. I mean, but what are you talking about Talmud Yerushalmi for? The context, oh here, he, again, he, the Rambam is very organized. The Rambam is up to, in history, he's talking about Rabbi. And he's talking about Rabbi's effort to create Mishnais. And with that, he wants to tell us some of the famous names in his base medrash. I get it. And he's also telling me some of their works in the context of explaining and helping the work of Mishnayis. That was the focus of that base medrash. So he says, okay, you have Sifra Sifri, you have Teseft, I get it. Oh, and Rabbi Eichanan was also there, and he wrote Yushalmi. Why Yushalmi? What's clear, the Ram is telling us beforeish that Yushalmi is a commentary to Mishnayis. That's what it is. Just like Sifra and Sifri. Or written, Lohidiya, the Ramam's words, Lohidiya, Ikari HaMishnah. And Tesefta is there, Lohidiya, Ikari HaMishnah. That's where Yushalmi is. And that's what Bavli is. The Ramam himself also says this Mufurish a little bit later on. He says as follows. Um, There's a little bit of a different printing than I'm used to, so let me just uh, find it. So he says like this. Hmm. So he says, "What? Is, up, up, oh, he says like this. He, he talks about again. He mentioned the Yushalmi, and then he talks about a few hundred years later, different Gersois. Okay, you have Ravino Ravashi making Talmud Bavli. <coughs> so he says like this: Uperish Hatalmud he, and what is what is Talmud? What is Gemara? Again, Bavli and Yushalmi, who perish Hamishnayis." It's the commentary to Mishnais, and he goes on to explain, again, paraphrasing the Lushan that he has in Hilchas Tamatar, Yavin Dov Achazer Mishisai, to understand the background and to appreciate where the halacha of the Mishnah will take you. In other words, what comes out of this is as follows is that the Rambam is fundamentally understanding, again, as I said, that the definition of Talmud is a commentary to Mishnais. And because of that, when you, let's go back to the riff. This is why the Rif sees both Bavli and Yerushalmi as twin, twin chiburim, as twin, as twin works. In other words, if you think about it, to, to describe the Bavli as Basra from the Yerushalmi is a little bit funny. Hundreds of years apart from each other, completely different people, different conversations altogether, different conclusions. If it walks like a duck, right, and it quacks like a duck, guess what's a duck? So. If they're, 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 they're uh, you know, uh, the, the places that they were made are different. The style is different. The people are different. Guess what? They're different. 
So what? So and, and so that makes sense. That's why the Arzurah says what he says, which is yeah. And because they're different, and we accept Bavli as the authoritative work, so Yerushalmi is ignored when it comes in face with the Bavli. What's the Rif talking about Basra? Basra means that they're fundamentally the same Indian. It's the same. It's the same work. An early Amur, later Amur. Earlier conversation, later. What do you mean? Earlier conversation, later conversation. It's two different, uh, different worlds altogether. The answer is the Rif is going with this approach of the Rambam and the Sfaradish Rishonim, which is Talmud is not its own work. Talmud is a, is part of an umbrella work which is called Mishnayis, and the fundamental limud is Mishnah. Gemara is there to explain Mishnayis, and because Talmud is there to be defined as a commentary to Mishnah, the Talmud doesn't want to be identified on its own. I'm not sure, the Bavli is not saying I have a, I am a work, and you should say I am a different. The, neither of them are their own chibur. What they are are just commentaries. It's, it, it's pretty good and developed commentaries to something else that's called Mishnah. Mishnah is the umbrella that then unifies Bavli Yushami. Notice, if you isolate Bavli Yushami and you look at them as their own works, then there's hundreds of years apart, different styles, different conversations, different contradictions they're dealing with, with different conclusions, different people, those are two different works. So what is the Rift talking about? That you know, It's the same thing, just one is later than the, than, than the other. The answer is, because the Rift is, is viewing it in this, the way of the Svardim, which is, it's, it's fundamentally not, they don't want to be their own work. They're here to comment on Mishnayis. So it's true that this super commentary on Mishnah, which is called Talmud, spanned hundreds of years. But the unifying link between those two places, Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlaretz and Bavli Yushalmi, is that neither of them are trying to be their own thing. They're just commenting on Mishnahis. And when you have Mishnah, so you could have in one Mishnah, you could have a Bartun on one side, you know what I'm saying, another Mepharshim on the other. I, there's different countries, different because they're not trying to be their own Chibur. They're just trying to be comments on the Mishnah. This is all in the Sardim. In the world of the Ashkenaz, Follow from Rashi, for example, is it's fundamentally not like that. Talmud is not a commentary to Mishnah. Of course, there's an element of commentary to Mishnah that Gemara is trying to do to give context, but that's not fundamentally what it's trying to do. What it's trying to do is make it be an independent work. Mishnah is succinct, it's decisive, it's organized. This mission talks about this idea, and that's it. Talmud is fundamentally not like that. Talmud is the, the entire work of Talmud in the way of Ashkenaz, is all it is is trying to make contradictions and bring up one issue from a different set of Mishnahis in a different place in Chazal over here and make conversations back and forth. Well, in, if that, in that context, then there is no umbrella, this larger umbrella of Mishnah covering Bavli Yashami. Bavli, they, they are their own Chiburim. Well, in that case, one is made by separate people in different locations hundreds of years prior, that's a separate work. And so Mamela in the Arzarua, when they view in that way of Ashkenaz, when they look at Talmud, they're looking at it as its own Chibur. Well, if it's own Chibur, then Yushalmi is a separate Chibur than Bavli. And because of that, when they're facing each other, then it's not a matter of Basra, it's not a matter of later authority versus early authority. It's altogether, these are two different, two different works. And the, the, the authoritative one for Allah is Bavli, so Yushalmi is ignored. This, by the way, not only affects way, the way to think of defining what Talmud is, and therefore, Bavli Yerushalmi conflict. This, this is fundamental in stylistically learning as well. The Gemara says in Saita and in a few other places that a person should not paskin from Mishnah. The Gemara says, those that paskin from Mishnahis, mechavli oilam, they destroy the world. So you can't paskin from Mishnah, you have to paskin from Talmud. That's what the Gemara says. But what does that mean exactly? What's the issue with paskin from Mishnah? It's also a machlaikis between the Rambam and Rashi. Rashi says, you know why you can't pass from Mishnah? 
because without Talmud, then there might be other Mishnayis that contradict this. There might be other statements of Chazal that contradict it. And unless you deal with the Pulpulim, and the back and forth, and the conflict, and what Talmud is, in Rashi's view, then, then you're not getting a full picture. You're not going to get to the Imke Talmud Sehem, Rashi's language. You're not going to get to the Oymik to the of what's going on. Because all you're focused on is that particular piece of Mishnah, and it's Kavaldik, it's amazing, but there might be other things in Taharis that might help you in Zeroyim. So it says Rashi, so you can't pasuk from Mishnah like that. In other words, Rashi's saying it's not a matter of just Mishnah. It, it means there's a certain way of, of psak that psak has to come from a much more broad, uh, a broad investigation of all of Tarsh Pet to make the proper conclusions. Not so the Rambam. The Rambam says, you know why you can't pasuk from Mishnah? Is because Mishnah might end up with a machlokes between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yosi. So you might not know what to do. So you'll just choose Rabbi Yehuda, but the Pesach is like Rabbi Yaisi. The, the Rambam does not say the issue is because you're missing all the steers and pulpulm of Talmud. The Rambam says that's not the issue. Because you know what? Because you know what Talmud is fundamentally. Because Talmud is fundamentally just a commentary to Mishnah. So Talmud is really just there to give a little bit more context and more decisiveness and conclusions to the Mishnah. But stylistically, should Pesach Alacha be coming from a work that's Hyper-focused on its space, and not necessarily, f- and you don't, and not necessarily compelling you to know c- to keep everything in mind before you give a psak. Says the Ramam, you don't have to have everything in mind. Why? Because when the Gemara says paskin from Talmud, what does Talmud mean? Talmud doesn't mean the pilpulim. Talmud means the commentary to Mishnayis. That's fundamentally what Talmud is. By the way, that's how the Ramam wrote his sefer. Everyone knows. The Ramam's introduction to Mishnah Torah, right? So the Ravid makes a comment on this. But the Ramam, we know, did not give Marimachayas. He didn't give Marimachayas. He didn't say with the background what sugi he's coming from, which Shtukha Torah he had in order to convey this. Straight, halacha, this is the halacha. Why the Ramam do that? See, there's a, I'll give you an example. There's a tshuva from the Rif. It's a fascinating uh, tshuva from the Rush. The Russian tshuvas, it's in uh, Klal Lamed Aleph. Again, he's talking about Hilchus Mikvayas. The context is not important. But the question that was posed to the Rif, uh, to, uh, the Rosh, I'm sorry, was uh, a question of Hilchus Mikvayas, and the person that was asking the question quoted a Rambam that in his mind answered the question. So the Rosh first says, you didn't understand the Rambam properly. Okay? You didn't have the proper background to appreciate what the Rambam was really talking about, so you misunderstood what the Rambam is saying. But then the Rosh uses this as a platform to give his opinion on the approach of the Rambam Bechla. And again, Rosh Ashkenaz says the Rosh like this: All that paskin from the Rambam are making mistakes. Why? The became the Gemara because they don't have expertise in Gemara. What does Gemara mean? Again, in Rambam, we say, of course you have expertise in Gemara because what's Gemara? Just the background of the Mishnah. I'm giving that to you. But the Rosh says, no, no, you have to know the Gemara. What does Gemara mean? Gemara means Shakvatari, back and forth, Kashas, Trutzim, Vchulu. To know where the Rambam is coming from. So because of that, they don't have that background, so they make, make, make mistakes. And says the Rush, because the Rambam did something that other authors did not do. That they bring rise, they bring proofs or, or notes or, or marmakimis of where they're coming from. They, they tell you where they're coming from. Where they're coming from from Talmud. So from then investigating the background, you'll then understand properly what's being said, and halakhically, that's how you pass it. Avalu kasev sifrei, the Rosh says such a lashon, 
he, the Rambam wrote his sefer, like a Navi, that just says the Dvar Hashem, without giving you Mekaymas, without giving you background. The by anyone that learns it, thinks that he knows what he's talking about. He says an interesting, interesting thing. He says that, uh, He says, I heard from an Adam Gadol, whoever this person is, from Barcelona, they said like this, that this person, this Adam Gadol, said about himself, that he said about himself that he's an expert in three Sedarman Shas. It's not, not so bad. He knows three Sedarman Shas. And he said like this, and he says like this, he says, the three starman shots that I'm familiar with, when I learned the Rambam on those Gemaras, I have what he's talking about. But when I learned the Rambam on the other starm that I'm not familiar with, I don't have what he's talking about. So said this other Gadol, so if that's me for the other three starm, that's probably everyone for all six starm. So, so if I don't understand the, what the Rambam's talking about, if I don't have the background, then probably no one understands the Rambam if they don't have the background either. Obviously, the Rambam disagreed with this. It goes without saying. Right? Obviously, the Rambam wrote his sefer. He felt you don't have to have the marmakimes. What's the machlek? Where is it coming from? Again, the Gemara says you cannot paskin from Mishnah. You have to paskin from Gemara. What does Gemara mean? So this is the difference. Again, Chachmei Svarad, Rif, Rambam, and all the Rishayim that Rambam is the Kaddish is Kaddish for everyone. But the 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 system of the Rambam is the way to go with. They're viewing that, again, what is Talmud? Talmud is commentary to Mishnahis. It means, fundamentally, the way of learning is like Mishnah. What is Mishnah? You look at something, Mesechus you know, Sukkah is going to talk about one thing, Sukkah. And you want, that's what we're talking about. And, and it's very Mesudr, very organized, this is what it is. The Gemara comes, again, to give background, and, and so on and so forth, give proper context, but that's what it is. Chachmi Ashkenaz, fundamentally different. Talmud means the pulpulum, back and forth, steers, kashas. By the way, however, this not only is something that in the Rishayim, this trickles its way down culturally as well. Everyone that went to Ashkenazi yeshivas knows, and I went to Ashkenazi yeshivas, I don't know if you can tell, I'm pretty white, bread. <laughs> so I went to Ashkenazi yeshivas, and Baruch Hashem, I'm, 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 that's my, that's my, that's my yichas, 100%. But everyone knows that if a person thinks that when they go to Ashkenazi yeshivas, and they're going to come out the other end as a Talmud Chacham, lavdavka. Because what is Ashkenazi yeshivas primarily focused on? Not teaching, not learning, but learning how to learn. Everyone knows that. And so if a person just keeps to the starim and only learns what they teach you in the yeshiva, you might know, you might be a lamdan, you might know how to learn, but you might not be baki in all starim of shas. We understand this, and it's not a, that's not a diss, this is just the reality. So some people might say that as like a shtach. I'm not saying as a shtach at all. This is the Messiah of Ashkenaz. Because what is Talmud? Again, the, the primary focus of learning is always Talmud. But what does Talmud mean? So in Chachmei Ashkenaz, the way of Ashkenaz, Talmud means the steers, the pulpulum, the back and forth, to think in that way that you could then approach the Mishnah and approach the material of Torah with a mind that's well, that's well suited to, to, to put things together, to learning how to learn. So because Tal- no, the Yushami the, the does that too. The Yushami does that too. The Yushami goes back and forth with Bapulim and so on. But because they're their own Chiburim, in place of Bavli, Yushami is not considered, uh, not reckoned with, because there is no umbrella bringing them all together. The way the tradition of the Svardim, going with the Svardish Rishonim, is fundamentally not like that. Of course, there's Lamdis and there's Havana and all that stuff. But when uh, Svardim go to Svardish Yeshivas, they come out the other end knowing. 
You know, that, that, because it's, it's a different model. The Talmud means something different by Chachmei Svorad. Talmud means Mishnayis, and it's, and, it's, and it's background. In other words, material, information, move from one piece to another piece. The Rambam is called Tarakula. These, these are, these are uh, two fundamental, fundamental things. Now, what's amazing is, is that the Rabbani Shloyla made the world in such a way, got, it's already late, I'm sorry, we have a few more minutes. It's not the same thing as like, <coughs> That's part of it also. Yes, yes, that's part of it also. Again, there's different way, there's different, even within Ian, there's different styles of Ian. So it's hard to say decisively that Ian is more, you know, uh, the way of Ashkenaz than Svarat. There's different styles of it. But, but, but the Ashkenazi style of Ian, you know, is certainly more appropriate in that Messiah of Ashkenaz. Now, we're, so what's, what's amazing is that as we get closer to Mashiach, the Rabbanishal made in such a way, not only that all the Ian live together, and we all know about each other, but what is the one work that one can say, you know, Gemara is halacha, but we don't pass them from Gemara either nowadays. You know, what's the say, when you have a shayla, what safer do you pick off the shelf? Shulchan Aruch. So what's Shulchan Aruch? It's amazing. Shulchan Aruch, you know, again, we're used to our world. You know, but if you, outside of our world, these things are, what's the Shulchan Aruch? It's a hodgepodge of all different svar. So you have in the middle, that's the Shulchan Aruch. And then on the outside, surrounding it, have all different uh, commentaries. Think about it. What's the Shulchan Aruch? Shulchan Aruch is basically the Rambam. I mean, it's, again, it's not Mamish quoting the Rambam, but it's that style. Again, it's Rabbi Yosef Cairo by the Svartim. What's the Shulchan Aruch? Definitive, decisive halachas. You want to know, you want to look up a Shaila about your Luvin Esrig? It's on a Chayshim Mishpat. You know exactly where to look. It's an Ilchas an Sukkah, an Ilchas Luvin That's where you're going to look. That's what the Shulchan Aruch is. But that's good. That's what Talmud, that's Talmud, that's Psak Halacha, that's the Svartim tradition. Very organized, Masurda, this Halacha has its own space. But that's not a good enough for Ashkenaz. So what do the Ashkenaz become? Magen Avram, Taz, Biagra. What do they do? They give you all the background, all the populum necessary to give context to that specific, wholesome, you know, sort of un, you know, that, that, that decisive line of Shulchan Aruch. And that book that's called Shulchan Aruch, that's the Shlemus of Tyre. That's the full picture of Yiddishkeit. That's Chachmei Svarad, and Chachmei Ashkenaz reuniting, coming into one. The, where is the origin of these styles? What's the origin of these styles? It can't be a coincidence. We're talking about fundamentals of Yiddishkeit and how Yiddishkeit evolves. These are not. The answer is Kenisunas Misinai. We started with a question: What's the Indian that by our Sinai you have this conflict? On the one hand, everything's super organized. Every Machna by himself, every Tzaddik of his own Mechitza coming to ask Moshe Rabbeinu questions in an organized way. I, Rabbi Yosef sticks out because of Harsinai, flowers in the basement, everything organized. Yet Mitzat Sheni, the Torah that's then, that, 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 that is then said to the Jewish people is Irbuvia, it's all mixed up. This is the origin of these two styles of learning. Chachme Ashkenaz are fitting, are trying to, are trying to manifest that side of Kabbalah Satara, which, which is Irbuvia, which is mixture, and that's what Talmud is. That's how Chachmi Ashkenaz think, which is Taisviz, Erbovia, all mixed up, one sugya to another sugya, you know, and bring it all to, to, on the same page. And Chachmi Svarad are, are embracing and manifesting that side of Kabbalah which is organized in Mesudr, Mishnayis. This is what it is. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not bringing Nezikin into Noshim. Uh, it's exactly what it is, in an organized way. Think about this also. This is also the difference between Taurus Eretisro. And Torah's Chutzlarts. Think about it. In the way of Svardim, Svardim were always more inclined to Eretz Yisrael. They lived. The countries, in, in Gaulus, they, they were still 
you know, sort of held by the orbit of Eretz Yisrael. If Talmud, in the way of Chachmei Svarad, is a commentary to Mishnayis, where were Mishnayis written? By Rabbeinu Kaddish in Eretz Yisrael. That means in the way of the Svaradim, all of Tyre is really Tyre's Eretz Yisrael. See, Mashenki and Ashkenaz, Ashkenaz, the, 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 the root of our Torah, you know, what we paskin from is Talmud Bavli. Bavli was written, obviously, as the name indicates, is in Chutzlart. <coughs> so you have Torah's Eretz Yisrael, therefore means a Torah that's more specific, that's more approachable, more graspable, more, you could point to with a finger and say, this is it. Whereas whereas Torah's Chutzlart, which is Talmud Bavli, Right, which is where Torah is defined from Chachmi Ashkenaz, is a Torah of darkness. It's a Torah of confusion. Fundamentally, it's a Torah of chaos. It's a Torah of, of, of taking different pieces together and making a chant out of it. Hopefully, in a way that you come out with something productive. But but what you're trying to do is to make a chant. That's what you're trying to do. You know, Chazal say, for example, this is the difference. What what is Eretz Yisrael about? Now let now let's move on for another few minutes. If you if you Michael me again, I apologize. I was I was you know we'll do the best I can. Okay, so. Let's, let's explain now a little bit the Pneumius. So why is Torah presented in this way? Like, where is this coming from? Why is Torah being presented in such a way where you have on the one side extreme organization, Chachmei Svarad, Torah Seret Yisrael, Mishnayis, and on the other hand, this Erbovia, this mixture, this everythingness, this Cholent that is championed by Chachmei Ashkenaz, Torah Schutzlartz. So let's understand, Chavar, what is Torah? What is Torah? What is Torah? Why, why do we learn? Like, what's happening when you learn? So, no, Torah begins with that sentence of Anoichi Hashem Alekech, I am Hashem your God, Hashem Tisich HaMeretzim, took you out of Egypt. Chazal say, Anoichi, it's a funny word, usually it's Ani, what's Anoichi? So, Anoichi is Rosh Tevis, Anonavshi, Ksavis Yehovis, I am giving myself over to you. What is Torah? Torah is, Torah is the mechanism Torah is the vehicle through which God Himself, Kivyachal, moves into reality. The way through which the Jewish soul and the Jewish person and life, Bechlal, is able to come in contact with the divine, with that which is elokos, with that which is transcendent, is through Torah. That's what Torah is. That's what mitzvahs are. Mitzvahs are also part of, obviously, a major part of Yiddishkeit too. Torah and mitzvahs are ways, are vehicles, are conduits through which we attach ourselves to God Himself. Now here's the amazing thing. The Zohar Kaddish says about the Rabbanu Shloilam, less machshavet fisa beklal. That in truth, God Himself, let, let, me, let me explain. God, God in His essence is unknown. We don't even talk about it. So, God in His absolute essence, there's not even any words. But that, but when God sort of moves out of hiding, the Rabbanu Shloilam comes, the first stage of God coming into reality that first stage is called Ein Saif. Infinite, an infinite God. God is extremely big and extremely deep. But that God in, his, in that sort of most authentic, I guess you can say, most authentic state, which is Him as an infinite being, so there's, there's sort of a catch-22. On the one hand, God wants us to experience Him. And Hashem doesn't want us just to have conversations with Him like you have with your co-workers, you know what I'm saying? He wants... He wants a real hiskash, a real deep connection. And a real deep connection means for the Rebbe to be himself, Kivyach. Like that's the difference between a conversation between a husband and wife and co-workers, right? With co-workers, you're not really being yourself. Because you, you know, you don't, you don't really, you're not really interested in being yourself with this guy. 
It's about just getting the job done. But with a spouse or with children or with a very close friend, you, have to, you want to be yourself. And the only way to make that bond is by being yourself. So the deepest, the deepest purpose of creation is for us to be attached to God and in the deepest way. And that means for God to be himself. The problem is if God is himself, he's infinite. And if he's infinite, then we have no connection to him. So on the other hand, the only other choice is for God to constrict himself and to put himself in very, very small packages and to talk about things that we could appreciate. But then he's not being himself. This is what Tyre is. Tyre is the wonder of all wonders. Tyre is finite, organized, specific things that you could wrap your head around, things that you could physically put on your arm and head, things that you can do and you can feel comfortable with and you can say, I know what that is, I understand. And at the same time, what's contained in those finite packages is the infinite one himself in his infinite self. This is the Pella, this is the mystery of Tyre. The mystery of Tyre is not finite, an infinite God. That infinite God is unknowable. And it's not a finite God because then that's not God. The Chiddush of Tyre is the infinite God contained in the finite. To be able to be able to open up something in Torah, or to do a mitzvah, and you can say, I did that, I understand it. And at the same time, what you just absorbed in your kishkas and in your head was something that contained within it the infinite light of God. That's what Torah is. And this is exactly why Torah models that. Torah, therefore, models these two sides. There's a side of Torah which is finite, specific, graspable, that's championed by Chachmei Svarad. That's Taurus Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is a place of Nevuah. Eretz Yisrael is a place of revelation. It's a place where you'll be able to point with a figure and say, Zek Kelev Anveyu. That's what Eretz Yisrael is. And Taurus Eretz Yisrael is therefore Torah that's specific, that's understood. That's Mishnayis. And even Talmud is just a commentary to Mishnayis. But on the other hand, you have what? You have Taurus Chutzlarts. What's Chutzlarts? Chutzlarts is reflective of what? Of the fact that there's an infinite God contained in that finite package. And the infinite God contained in that finite package, the Torah that's reflective of that is the Gemara of Chachmei Ashkenaz, which is an everythingness and a complete shalant behind the scenes of that specific Mishnah. And by putting these two things together, that's Kabbalah that's the Shlemus, that's the full picture of what Yiddishkeit is. Because Yiddishkeit is not a Cholent. Yiddishkeit is not just connecting to an infinite God, that's unrelatable. And Yiddishkeit is not connecting to a finite uh, level of, uh, of Ruchnius, because that's beneath our dignity. The, def, the, the Oymik of Yiddishkeit is to experience within the finite packaging of Yiddishkeit, to experience an infinite God. And this is exactly the yichud of what? Of Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlarz. And this is what, what Mashiach is about. The Geula Shlema, as Chazal say, when Mashiach comes, there's going to be an explosion of Torah. Torah will become complete. Torah Chadosh Amiti Teitz. What Torah Chadosh? Chas V'Shalom? There's six Dharma Mishnais. That's what we have. So what's the Chiddush of Torah L'Asilavai? Like the Ramam ends off Mishnah Torah. Mol Arteis Hashem, Kamayim Yamechasim. So it means there's going to be more, more Halacha. It's not more Halacha. But when Mashiach comes, it'll be revealed the Ein Sofius, the infinite quality of divinity that's contained in the finite packaging of Torah. And this is the Chiddush of, 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 of Gula, which is completely familiar, completely nostalgic, and at the same time altogether something new. In other words, when Mashiach comes, it's still Sukkis, Shavuos, you know, everything we're familiar with, but altogether different. How do you have such a thing that everything will be altogether different? It's like a jewel put on tefillin, when Mashiach comes, and they're like, wow, this is the first time I've ever in my life put on tefillin. And yet he'll put on tefillin, like, comfortably. Not like a 13-year-old, you know, when then it's like a little bit awkward. 
He's like, that's the, that's the first time you put on tefillin, right? Yeah. But already, you know what you're doing now. Exactly, exactly. We, could all, we all can. So there, there's such a, so what does Mashiach mean? Mashiach means altogether the first time you put on tefillin, but comfortable. That's Gula. Gula means Ashkenaz and Sfar together. Gula means Eretisrol and Chutzlar together. We travel to Eretisrol in the encampment of Chutzlar. That's the secret of Yiddishkeit. Hashem should bless us. That's Taka, we should be Zaycha all together at this, you know, always to, to, to conquer more and more terries, territories of Yiddishkeit. Familiar, conquer. I understand, I understand, I understand. But get to that place of always understanding we don't know. You know, I'll, I'll just end off one, one quick thing. You know, one of the great, one of the great Hasidish Rebbe's, Rabbi Heschel Zidichover. So he used to say that uh, it's well known that there's a thing that you have to chaz your learning four times. So he said, this is how I chaz my learning four times. The first time I learned something, I don't understand. So I have to do it again. So I learned it the second time. Get in there. Get in there. I learned it the third time. Oh, I understand. I learned it the fourth time. Now I don't understand it anymore. And now I go right there. Now I go right there. That's the secret. Hashem <laughs> bless us. Shnak be zaycha to connect the Torah in the right way. Befrat to bechlal v'yaskol tzedek merav yameinu amen.